Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the end of Season 5 of Comic Book Nation, the only show that has done it all for geek culture all year and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and it's the end of the year, so we're going to do a classic intro. With me today are my co-hosts, Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? Janelle Wheeler. Hello, hello. And Mr. Connor Casey. What's up? And guys, what a year, what a year. This has been a crazy year. Uh, Right off the bat, I got to say, just do a little monologue off the top here. It's been a wild year for us here at Comic Book Nation. I got to thank all of my co-hosts this year. I got to thank everybody who's been listening this year. Everybody behind the scenes. Uh, We were just talking to producer Peter, who's been just like a machine, just cranking out these podcasts. This year has been a big uh, transformative year for us. We really kind of cracked the code on this show after starting off in the friendly comic book offices in the before times and muddling our way through the pandemic. Uh, We really kind of spread our wings this year. We cranked out more content. You guys responded. We got some nice growth out of it. And uh, comic book, even Adopt Made, thought about adopting us officially as one of its official children. And it was like, uh, it was a big deal. So uh, it's been a crazy year for us. And again, we got to say thank you to everybody who's listened. We hope, we know this has been a while. I mean, personally, professionally, all over the place, all over the world, it's been a wild year when you look back at it all. And we hope that we've just been a good place for you guys to hang out, talk geek culture, have fun with us. And we've had so much fun with you. So that's the serious part of this little talk. That's the dad talk of us all. Uh, You guys want to say anything? I mean, I just did a whole lot of breathing on this, but uh, any of my co-hosts, you guys want to sum up the year real quick before we get to our best ofs? It's been a year. It's been an interesting time for sure. I'm actually really excited to get into these picks because when you Kofi decided to do biggest disappointments. Yeah, that was an interesting time for me because I was really disappointed in a few things. Yeah. 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 Uh, I also, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a really amazing year and we, we talked a little bit about it in our landmark 400th episode, not crazy long ago, but uh, it's nuts that we've, amassed for over 400 episodes now uh of this show and from from when it from when it started and uh shared some photos on on social of just the uh the throwbacks have some more i think i found some more uh as well it's just uh interesting to look back it's been an awesome run and i just you know i gotta say like it's it's amazing the people that join the show every day that listen to the show i just you know thank you so much for for giving us your time and attention for you know, once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Now, sometimes uh, it's just all the gratitude. 
Yeah, for me, it was a big uh, personal year. I bought a house. I changed jobs. Uh, made my pro wrestling debut, which I never thought I'd do. And uh, through it all, the one constant was this show. And oh. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. I appreciate my co-host for letting me become a, an official fourth member of this. I was always kind of the hanger on, the, the extra co-host who was allowed to tag in. But uh, but I'm glad that I, I've, I've it, it, we somewhere along the line it was made official. And I'm really proud about that. Connor, I remember when I was that too. So I completely understand. I'd be trying to like sneak on the podcast more and more. And then finally they were like, okay, let's, let's like have Janelle in here. And then of course we get like the trolls on the internet or like, she's an idiot, but whatever. (laughs) It's it's been fun. I love the internet because there's so many varying different like opinions of things. And I love that we each represent like something different. Precisely. Yeah. And it's, you know, I, it, 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 I've come a long way from being in the background shot at our <laughs> old office. And my desk was always in shot on the camera. And I was always just sitting there like, I want to be on the show right now. And I can't be. Oh. <laughs> no. I need, I should have red circled that. Cause like we really used to at comic book, like we, there was a, a run there where I, I'm not kidding. Like every other article had a red circle in it. <laughs> and oh, like, red I should have totally red circled that image and shared it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was very sweet, guys. I mean, little know do you know that behind the scenes they've tested the AI and uh, all of us are replaceable. So, uh, yeah, it's been a great run, but uh, you know they can make a mad AI, and it's strikingly close. The one about me is is pretty. You know, I respect him, but uh, it has been a good run as a human co-host so far. So uh, thank you guys, and uh, without further ado, let's get into our main show topic of the day. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so we are doing the top picks of 2023. Plus our biggest misses. And I'm beginning to realize I don't know if we all landed on the same idea of what biggest misses were. So this is going to get real interesting. I'm not going to say what it was. I'm not going to say what it was, but I just want to see what everybody came up with because this is going to say as much about all of us as it does about our picks. (laughs) And I do like like psycho professional games, and uh, this is a good one. So... Let's start with our uh, best of picks. Now, we kind of have done this throughout the year, so I'm interested to see if everybody kind of held consistent or have you changed in the latter half of the year because we've done best of so far. I think, like, our favorite geek things we did for Thanksgiving that we were thankful for, and it was it was really – shout out to Brazil, to the to the Brazil. I mean, we've been talking, have we not been talking about Brazil in this podcast being, like, this crazy, like, fandom haven that, you know, needs to be yeah, so shout out to Brazil and uh, Pucha Nerd. Uh, shout out to you guys. Thank you for watching, and uh, we love you guys down there in Brazil. So here we go. Top three picks. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see where you guys have fallen. I believe, Connor Casey, you've gone from the man in the background to the man who's up first. So take us away. What gotta, were your top three? Gotta love that alphabetical order. So, guys, <laughs> I've, I've praised a lot of – You've heard me sing the praises of things like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and across the Spider-Verse and uh, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. So I, I, since I've talked about those so much, I thought I would shift focus over to other things. Uh, the Last of Us being an adaptation that was so good and set the bar so high for video game adaptations from here on out. Uh, 
you know, it, it, it has to be celebrated, even though it happened way back at the start of the year. Uh, this one cannot be cannot be denied. I'm thrilled to see what they've got in plans for season two. And uh, yeah, keep my fingers crossed that we get a Last of Us 3 game before the show runs out of content to talk about because <laughs> I don't want them to go off the beaten path. Um, I'll, I'll save number two because that one has a little bit of a rant. So number one, Kofi and I did the did the review for this one. I've g- since gone back and watched it again. I love how the clips have overtaken social media now. It's Oppenheimer. It was everything I hoped it would be. It was Nolan at his best with no asterisks. No, yeah, it's Nolan, but he's do he's trying to be emotional like an in Interstellar. Yeah, it's Nolan, but he's doing the out of sequence storytelling again, like in Dunkirk. Yeah, it's Nolan, but he doesn't want you to hear what the characters are saying, so it's Tenant. No, this one is just legitimately great. It, and for a person that was so complicated, for this to be uncomplicated in its greatness is a testament. And it's why I'm glad even now it's still getting in the conversation for best movies of the year and God willing award shows. This last one, uh, I just beat this game yesterday and (laughs) it got me thinking, and I'm going to do a bit of a a video of my own for this one, but it's super Mario RPG. And I had never played the original, but I had grown up on paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi series which this is the Rosetta Stone for what those two franchises wound up being for a long time. Now, the problem is, if, you, if you're a fan of Nintendo, for reasons that only make sense to them, the Paper Mario series went way off the beaten path when it came to, hey, let's do actual RPG stuff that's enjoyable. And the company that makes Mario and Luigi folded in 2019. So the fact that this came out, the fact that it looks amazing, the fact that it's every bit as fun as I had heard from fans growing up, and the fact that we're getting a complete remaster from the ground up of Thousand Year Door next year actually gives me hope that Nintendo hasn't given up on RPGs in the Mario world. And I hope to God this sold well enough and that sells well enough next year that we get more like that in the years to come. Connor, yes, I'm playing this right now. I'm playing this right now and I'm obsessed with it. Like I'm going to play after this episode. (laughs) I need a switch. You do. <laughs> what? Yeah, you. Oh my God. We might start a Kickstarter for you. Like, I mean- <laughs> oh my God. All right. Like, yeah. A uh, small program note. Nobody fret. Like, if, if some people in the comments are asking right after we get done this live stream for you about our top three picks of the year, we are banging out our most anticipated picks of 2024. And we are dropping that on New Year's Day. As a present, happy new year. We will have that ready for you on New Year's Day. Woo-hoo. New content on Monday. So we got that coming. So we're just looking back at this year right now. And then we're going to do the next year in a minute here. But uh, we'll have that for you on New Year's Day. So stay tuned to all Comic Book Nation feeds and our YouTube page. All right, Jay Wheeler. Brywood gets comment of the day. Do you see that, Kofi? Oh, that my man, Brywood. One of our top commenters, Brywood, is in the comments saying that I will, Matt can get his Switch Kickstarter. When I get my Something is Killing the Children books, which Matt has been holding hostage for many months now, all year, 
he has them right next to him. He taunts me. See, this is what I say: psycho professional games. You Should guys don't know right the here. history. You guys don't know the history about me and Matt. But this whole podcast started because me and Matt were left in an office on Friday nights, and it just started into psycho professional games. I would play the Joker trailer and try to scare Matt. Matt would just kind of put his headphones on and try to ignore me, and it went on like this. And you see the back and forth there. And now we started a podcast from that. So uh, it continues, and he's holding my something is killing the children books hostage. But, sorry, uh, Janelle. Did not mean to interrupt you. No, oh, sorry, Janelle. Oh, so good. No, uh, I, beef, I love it. I'm sorry that our beef spilled over into your time. Please, <laughs> Janelle. Like, I think the it. comment of the day goes to Andrew. Who said, I know y'all are talking, but I wanted to say I've looked forward to every Friday um, to this every single week. Uh, there have been a few books I would never heard about without you guys. So... I think that that's my favorite comment so far. Oh Thanks, my God. Thank you for leading us back to the positivity train. Oh, and track. by the way, Janelle, did you see the second part? What? Of Andrew's oh. comment? Oh, gosh. Oh, shucks. We don't Come need a on. Janelle. <laughs> Very Some sweet, talent, though. Janelle, you. I never would have. I learned about and loved every Friday at noon off y'all. Thank you so much, seriously, for the support, y'all. Thanks for like following me with my comic book reading journey. It's been, it's now like a huge part of my life. So anyways, over to the best of 2023. These are my picks. Um, I feel like it comes as no surprise that Loki is my number one because it. I season two and season one have just been, I've been raving about all of this from the jump. Um, I think there was one episode within all of the entire series that I lost a little bit of faith in. And boy, was I just completely corrected as soon as the next episode aired. Um, this gave me the excitement that I really needed from any of the Marvel properties. I had kind of like lost my, my excitement about Marvel in general. Um, and this just reawoke so much in me and I'm, I'm just like pumped about next year because of this season. So, um, they just did a beautiful job. We've talked about it a million times, but I just enjoyed this so much. And I have already rewatched this season three times. So that goes to show you I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, number two for me was Barbie. I really did not know what to expect with this. And I, um, I, I, it was really sentimental for me as, as a daughter, it really hit me hard. And I watched this. So I dressed up as Barbie, went to the theater, did the whole thing with my friends. And then I was like, I can't believe I'm about to do this, but I have to go see this again. I am not a repeat movie girl. Like I do not spend that kind of money in the theater to go back and watch a movie twice in the theater. I wait for it to come out. I, I went with my mom. I took her on a mom date and we went and watched it and cried and held each other at the end. <laughs> and like, it makes me emotional just thinking about it because it's, it's, it gave me a vindication. Like I felt like I had be, been seen, especially in the entertainment industry for the first time in, in so long, but like it was funny and it was cute and it wasn't so serious and angry and it was just it was wholesome and really lovely so that was my number two and then my number three <laughs> i let's go cannot, yes i cannot tell you how much of a nintendo like when connor picked a super mario bros uh game for his top three i was ecstatic you just surprised the heck out of me I am probably one of your biggest nintendo friend fans like i just i love nintendo in general it was, you know, 
Super Mario Bros. was the first game I ever played. Um, the Super Nintendo was the first one I ever owned, the first console I ever owned. And now I play video games online for a living. And Mario has like shaped that for me. I started off streaming, playing Mario Kart to give you any indication. So seeing a well done Mario movie was <laughs> really special for me. Uh, and I just thought they did a brilliant job. I only have one criticism, Funky Kong instead of whatever that other Kong was in the like suit, like, I don't understand what you're doing. Like Funky Kong is like a hippie with a bandana on no. a surfboard flying through it, the air. But it was Vin Diesel Kong. What, yeah. What <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was my only criticism. But other than that, I just thought it was such a well done movie. And I've actually watched this one three times. I am not a repeat watcher and I've watched all of these properties more than once and that is that's why they're my favorite super mario really grew on me after a while i've watched it a couple times too and it's just it's a cute yeah. it's about as cute and good of a mario adaptation as we could have probably hoped for in a lot yeah. of ways and even charlie day and chris pratt like did a really good job so yeah i was nervous pratt about chris pratt Yo, we, yeah. we all were <laughs> i love charlie day it's always somebody's my like favorite one of my favorite tv shows but it's just like that was that was weird, but it all worked out. And you know, I think I, I want to riot that uh, Peaches isn't in the in the running for an Oscar. Same for best original song. That that that's just that's crazy. We're talking crazy, but all right, that's Hollywood fear <laughs> for you. Uh, let's move right along. I'm talking about everybody but my own picks, and that's because I don't remember mine. I send off my stuff, and then I never remember what I picked. Uh, these are all. Kind of like my panic picks. Didn't we just do something where I had yeah, panic so picks too? Oh yeah, comic books this week. Yeah, I had comic panic picks. It's been a busy week. You know, it's Christmas week, New Year's. But okay, I'm looking at mine and uh, I'm I'm solid on this. Okay, good. Past Kofi was on it. Present Kofi's happy. Let's start at number three. I am with Connor, The Last of Us. I, I don't think I cooked on this as much as I should have this year. But, you know, we had a whole other podcast about it. You know, that was here, neither here nor there. But, um... These games really affected me. Uh, I've told the story. I, I kind of, I never got it a PS3 as a PS2 guy, but then I went Xbox and I went Xbox and I went Xbox 360. And so I was over there doing that when PS3 came out and I was living in New York and I was running around New York. So I wasn't playing as much. And my best friend started a, a website, you know, that's what we do now and kind of video game website. And he was all into this and he kept trying to get me to play. It. And I was like, ah, whatever last of us, whatever. So then I got, when I got a PS4, it came with a remastered version and I tried to play it. And I just, I put it on hard because I always think I'm so good at video games. And I was just getting wrecked. I never even knew like the, I didn't know the dynamics of the game, having to find supplies and how realistic it was and like keeping up with your stuff. And so I put it aside for years until the second game came out. And this is a theme of a lot of my picks today. It's just my own <laughs> ignorance getting in my way. But um, <laughs> when the second one came out and everybody was freaking out, I was like, fine, I got to get back in. I got to give this a try. And comic book gaming has done a lot for me. I, I don't give uh, Tanner and them enough credit, but like they've gotten me to be like, get quietly been like, yeah, no, you really should look at that again. And so I went back in and I was hooked. Like I was just, I was so enamored with the game that I went out right then, bought the second one, like right when it came out and was like, I was gone. 
I haven't been gone like that since I got into Game of Thrones books back in the 2010s. But like, yeah, my wife couldn't find me. I was just like taking days off of work. I was just sitting out there just like in front of the TV <laughs> playing. And by the time I got to the end of Last of Us 2, I was like scarred. But like in a way that was good, I played a really great game. So I was really nervous when this TV show was coming around as like one person who had just chased down the hype train after it was down the dusty road and hopped on the back and was dragging along. I was still one of those people like this TV show better be great. And it was, and it was great in ways that both captured the game, but went beyond the game as Connor said. And it really nailed the theme of, of what this story in this game and this universe is about and it was also scary as hell and good. And we're all looking up a fungus and all that stuff a lot more. And it, it created whole new mythos. It did everything a show should do. And it was just another feather in HBO's prestige cap. So that's the longest one I'm going to talk about, but though, cause I didn't really say that much this year, but it was so well executed. The actors, the episodes, just the whole arc of it was so good. And I am so excited to see what they do for the next part. And how, and I can't wait for the people who just watch the show to see what's going going to happen. So, yeah. All right. Number two pick is Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm coming to the end of this game now. Um, same theme as The Last of Us. I was so against these Zelda games. I've tried to play Breath of the Wild when I brought a switch. When I bought a switch, I was like, this is not my Zelda. Threw it away. I was like, I can't get into this. I couldn't find the hang glider. I was mad at the world. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to do it. This second one came out. Connor, the gaming team, everybody's hype got into me. I was like, I started seeing what Tears of the Kingdom let you do in terms of the building and the creation and the free play. And people were trying to tell me, like, there was some element of this in Breath of the Wild, but now they've just maxed it out. And I was like, oh, really? And I went back and I started playing Breath of the Wild. I found that hang glider and it changed my life after that. I was just hooked. And I've spent this year playing. My wife just came to me and was like, you've been, I've been watching you play Zelda since like March or April. And yeah, she's not wrong. I've been playing and I've been playing with my son. So this is always going to be a kind of milestone for me. It, it reinvigorated my love of Zelda. It was great. It's been great for him. It's kind of sparked his love of Zelda. And it's taken me back to 86 when me and my brothers were sitting down discovering that first game for the first time. And Tears of the Kingdom has been an expansive so huge i can't even remember half the stuff i'm supposed to do half the time because it's so big and so involved in so much so great achievement in gaming and for zelda to be this strong this late amazing and last but not certainly not least was spider-man across the spider-verse um i have been i have rewatched this movie several times and i was really thinking like what things are going to really stick with me in terms of movies this year. I knew Connor would go Oppenheimer. I didn't want to double up on that too much with us. And I just thought the other one, since I've been rewatching this, this is a movie that has to be rewatched because one theatrical viewing was just simply not enough to take in what an achievement in filmmaking it is. And this is on the, this needs to be on the Oscars for just best picture period. Enough with this animation crap. Like, and and I was hard on this movie when it came out, but like the deeper themes of what's happening in this movie and and there is a standalone arc in this movie about Miles and coming and coming your, and Gwen and coming to your identity and against a world that doesn't and having to be kind of the strength of being an individual and all of that. Like it's it's really good. And just 
the stylistic achievement of what this movie does and the layers that it's packing in is insane. So I know it's just half a story, um, but I'm psyched. And where it ends, it's already clear, like some of the themes that are set up for the next part, again, still continuing this theme of identity, who you can be, who you might become, and all of this stuff. Like, I don't know if I need the rest of this silly ass, like this cartoon movie is more mature and better than the silly ass stuff I'm seeing in the rest of this superhero stuff with this multiverse storytelling. Like even something like Loki that I love, I'm just like, what Spider-Verse is doing with this whole concept of the multiverse is already richer and more important and, and arguably going to shut it down better than anything I'm going to see in the MCU. So great achievement in filmmaking. And uh, yeah, those are my top three picks. Man, amazing. Uh, I'm curious about. Uh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Uh, curious about um, Last of Us. When you when you jumped on, I cannot remember. Was the remake of the first one out already? Is that what you jumped in with? Yes, the, the, okay. it came with PS4 when you bought. It. Right. I, I bought PS4 with uh, when GTA 5 came out. That bundle in that Black Friday, you got GTA 5, and it came with a voucher for a download of the remastered Last of Us. Okay. That's yeah. why they do those remakes, man. Yeah, it, I mean, it works. <laughs> You're always going to catch that new wave. Uh, yep. Awesome. So I guess it's me, right? Yes, sir. Take us out on this part. All right. So uh, my top three uh, is, a, is a mix. There were so many great things to talk about this year. Um, you know, and one, I actually, starting with my number three, uh, Final Fantasy 16. This is one that we actually, me and, me and Logan got to talk a little bit about it, but then like so many other things hit and really never got to return to it uh this game was like i'm a huge final fantasy person in general um you'll see that when it comes to my anticipated list <laughs> um but i just the the chances that this game takes uh with and the movement of the combat system and kind of i i know some people this was a little divisive in the fact that it really you know that turn-based thing that i also adore was kind of just not really there they they really push the system from 15 uh even further but man it feels amazing and the storytelling in this game is just um i mean it's fantastic it, it's the voice acting the the characters sit alone is such an amazing addition uh to the to the overall lore and things i mean that character means a lot to the lore and the franchise in general but this version of sid is like a character i want to see time and time again and, and it was just there was just you you're i was immersed into this world so quickly uh and there's just you know it's one of those things obviously some people aren't you know fans of the uh hey you know, we fight a little bit and then there's a big cut scene and then that but that's final fantasy that's rpgs in general but that's final fantasy and so that i know what i'm getting into and i adore it uh and i just this game uh, at one point tried to wreck my ps5 because like it was overheating <laughs> it was so it's so pretty and it's so like pushing the system but i didn't care like i redid a uh, sections of this and while that was frustrating it didn't matter because i was just so like i gotta see what happens next so i cannot applaud this game more i'm very excited for the dlc which i have not had a chance to dive into yet um but i wanted to give some props there number two is barbie um we just watched this again two days ago. I think it was it's two days ago. Now that it's on Max, uh, we just watched it again, and it was as powerful, if not more, the second time around. Uh, this movie is just e echoing all the things Janelle said. I mean, I just think she put it so well. And uh, 
one of the best soundtracks as well uh of the year easy but like in general like i've i've bopped to this soundtrack since the movie came out since before the movie came out and i've been listening to it even when i'm not watching it billy eilish's song and the moment that that accompanies in the film is like just an incredibly powerful moment i could watch that over and over again uh this was just this surprised me so much i was looking forward to it but i did not expect it to be what it ultimately became so i cannot say enough and then finally look there are moments that you always remember uh in your nerddom journey for me it was you know one of the moments i remember was actually watching spider-man the original spider-man uh in a theater uh, i was you know by myself in college because like everyone else had classes and stuff and i really wanted to see it. so i just like okay well i'm gonna go see it i'm gonna see it by myself and i went and saw it by myself and you were just like you know, you really, no pun intended, marvel at what you're seeing on screen. It was like, oh my God, I'm actually seeing Spider-Man on screen. And while we've seen Transformers uh, on the big screen before many times, I've been wanting the Beast Wars roster of characters to come into this kind of technology and this kind of modern filmmaking uh, era. I've been waiting for that a very long time and to see it executed so well. And I wanted to see more of them because they were done so well. Uh, and Optimus Primal is just, you know, that's magic on screen. I, I, It's one of those things where when I went to go see this, ironically, I saw it again by myself because like Anissa was like, you're going to see this movie. This is a gift. I've given you everything. Go get your, your slushy and go like see this movie. And I went and saw it and I just, the, the joy I had leaving the theater was exactly the feeling I had when I left Spider-Man. It was just like, oh my God, I was just, I was just giddy. Uh, this, this movie created that for me. And uh, I, I hope to see these characters back and, and this universe, especially with the things it opens up. But a Transformers movie has not done this for me, you know, since, <laughs> since the animated, since the animated movie, uh, where it was just this all around complete and I enjoyed it this much. So uh, love it, can't say enough. And this one is also on Paramount Plus now, so I will be rewatching. P Plus, all right. Thank you, Matt. Uh, as we're doing this, last bit of breaking news for the year. Yeah, they dropped Ooh. a clip from uh, Marvel just promoted a clip from What If Season 3 of Bucky and Red Guardian trying to sneak across the U.S. of A. in a uh, thing. So there's going to be a What If Season 3. It's already out here, and it looks like Marvel is banking on this show to be saving them in this kind of year-long content dry-up they got. So you can go on Twitter, it, Thunderbolts Tease. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Bucky and Red Guardian will be in Thunderballs together. So there you go. Um, Synergy, baby. Too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how I, the, the MCU needs to do a lot to get me hooked back in. Um, I'm hoping Deadpool 3 you know, puts it on Smash, but we'll see. Um, all right. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into what we all kind of thought of and picked for biggest misses of 2023. Please come back with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Nation's best of 2023 recap show. We just did our best of picks, and now we are getting into the second part of our show, which are biggest misses. Now, when we did this, I believe that I wrote into the rundown. Let me go back over this. Oh, let's see what we said. We said we didn't. Okay, as the year ends, we don't want to let anything go unrecognized. So in a new twist, we've selected the best examples of quality content that they had. They did not have a chance to discuss on the show. So I phrased it, I guess, crazily, but it meant I think the idea was biggest misses of things we did not get to talk about on this show. But I think yeah, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be really interesting because I think a lot of you pick like biggest disappointments, things that Oops. like miss the mark, right? Uh, so Oops. it's going to be fun to get into. Either way, I'm interested to hear what everybody picked. So I Connor, definitely read that wrong. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I phrased it crazy. I realize I phrased it crazy. Half the people probably jumping in this episode are probably expecting the same thing. So it's okay. But Connor, what did you pick and why? I am so glad I read the directions like three times to make sure I had it right. So my things are positive. We just didn't <laughs> talk about them enough. The first one is... <laughs> I was like, oh no, they're going to make me negative. And then I was like, all right, I'm about to be so negative. No, go ahead. Yo, you cook, Janelle. We're going to, we're going to let everybody cook. This is great. So go ahead, Connor. What was your, right. the, the first thing I, I gotta be me. I gotta be on brand. It's the AEW continental classic in a year full of ups and downs for the young company. They managed to close things out with something really excellent in try in recreating a uh, wait what's what's the big comment that's got everybody in stitches i did submit pics <laughs> but they were oh, all man. positive producer oh, peter producer, we gotta tell for the audio people producer peter is in the comments saying matt laughing when he forgot to submit any pics and she, uh, i submitted five pics and they were all positive yeah uh, yeah we had to we had to try we had to trudge you down at the end but uh go ahead oh. go ahead so, the thing the thing about tournaments in wrestling is that they usually only work one way single elimination big brackets the whole shebang over in new japan they have these big months-long round robin tournaments your g1s your best of the super juniors your world tag leagues and if you want to look at how pro wrestling kind of evolved on the international stage in the 2010s go back and look at those tournaments you see it happen in real time so here in the states it was pretty hard to pull off wwe never even attempted to broach anything like this to this kind of scale the closest they ever got was stuff what they were doing with the cruiserweights and nxt back in the pandemic when they could tape a bunch of these all at once aew went whole hog and basically did their version of the g1 with the continental classic it ends this saturday at world's end it has told some fantastic stories for guys like brian danielson eddie kingston john moxley jay white Daniel Garcia, Brody King looks like an absolute monster coming out of this. Basically, if you're anybody not named Jay Lethal, you came out of this tournament looking better. And that is so hard to pull off. It has been so much fun to watch. And at a time when it's hard to pin down what AEW's identity is, you now have your answer. It's must-see matches every week. And they pull it off, and it's something that WWE doesn't always necessarily deliver on. 
So it's what makes me an AEW fan, and I've loved the absolute hell out of this. You should have seen me at the gym during the last match between Kingston and Danielson. I was fist pumping on the treadmill and shouting like an idiot when he got that pin. But damn it, it was fun. The last one, this one also flew under the radar. It's God of War Ragnarok Valhalla. God of War Ragnarok was my game of the year for last year. And for them to just show up at the Game Awards and go, hey, here's a complete roguelike. It's basically, did you like Hades? It's just that again, but it's the God of War story. So we're diving into all the stuff from the original trilogy and the Norse mythology stuff, trying to mash them together. It's like 10 hours to get through the whole thing. It makes you reappreciate the combat system. It, and it was free. It, there was there, this wasn't DLC. You didn't have to pay a dime for it. It was completely free. It was wonderful. It took God of War, which came out a year ago, and put it right back in Game of the Year conversation for this year. And this year has been freaking stacked. So I love this. All right, there you go, cooking with some passion. I like Great it. Picks, man. Good picks. Yeah, good picks, Janelle. We get to go to the other side <laughs> oh, of the fence no. and see a rare Janelle like going in on something and i love it i love it that you just kind of like settled in on this direction for it so what do you what do you got <laughs> oh no i should i like it makes so much sense that we missed it not that like it was a miss overall also i was like i guess it would have been called like disappointments not misses oh gosh okay well um <laughs> Ooh, I see the yep. picture for the for the audio people. This picture is just telling the tale. Go ahead, Janelle. Well, let me start by saying that first of all, I'm so excited about how great we cover a lot of topics this year. So I usually my biggest miss would be anything Doctor Who, but Kofi let me just cook on an entire episode of the Doctor Who special. So that would have been my pick for something we didn't get to highlight, but we totally highlighted it. So shout out to these bonus episodes. Um, so I'm going to say like my biggest disappointments of 2023. And I don't really have uh, a, a first or a second. Can we just say overall, both of these picks, uh, Quantumania, Ant-Man and Secret Invasion really missed the mark for fans um, in movie and in TV. And this is when I was, I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, when go ahead. I, <laughs> our show does not hinge on this. When I said that Loki gave me faith in Marvel again, it made me, it like got me excited about upcoming projects. It's because these made me not excited about the MCU um, and things like that. I will say Quantumania was way cooler in the theater. Um, and so I, I started off really team Quantumania. Like it wasn't that bad. Like I really liked it. And then when I came home and I watched it again, uh, the second watch through was pretty rough for me. Um, I always forget that MODOK is even in this film. And that's kind of crazy uh, because yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of so many other things, but like the MODOK thing was really not great. Um, Secret Invasion had no heart. There was like, there was no soul or heart to it. Um, I think they did Fury dirty. I think they, I hate the way they portrayed him. I don't like what they've done with certain uh, heroes within the MCU recently because these are beloved characters who are strong in their own right. And all I could t 
take from this was that he is weak. Um, and I hate that. I don't want to believe that Nick Fury is weak and feeble. And that's pretty much what I felt the entire season. And then in the end he comes through, but like, you can't, you can't get me excited about an entire series and just like leave it to the last episode. Anyways, uh, I am actually like, I could go on and on, but we have gone on and on about these. So <laughs> those are my two disappointments, <laughs> not misses. Sorry. <laughs> J Janelle, if, if we were doing biggest disappointments, these would be my two. So, you okay. know, yeah, secret evasion would eat was, was, would be one of my two. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Like they're great. <laughs> it almost oh brought the whole gosh. podcast together. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Janelle, to be fair, like you were really just, I, I know you were just really banking off the fact that you're used to me who would absolutely normally go negative. This is like the first year I'm trying not to go negative. So like, yes. yeah, you just, I mean, it, it's going to say by 2024, <laughs> I hope to do a whole new rollout, a whole new Kofi Outlaw rollout. And there's going to be Love it. people will expect to like be less negative coming in. So you weren't <laughs> wrong. I think you were just psychologically conditioned by me to read that and be like, Oh, I know he just is asking me to talk some ish. I know it. And then you normally, yeah. And I was really proud of you for what you just did. Yeah. And that MCU <laughs> stuff was everybody and everybody's in the comments being like, yeah, yeah, that's the disappointment for me too. So I don't think you were wrong. So <laughs> yeah, I, I think you got the answer right anyway. So let's move on to uh, me and uh, my biggest misses are kind of a mix of you guys. It's stuff I really loved, but it's stuff that I failed as the person who, is supposed oh, to be head hosting of this podcast completely failed to really nail down. Cause we, this year, as I said at the start has been wild. We expanded like crazy bonus episodes. We've been hitting everything. And one of the biggest misses that I am sorry is that I shout out to Evan Valentine to Nick Valdez over in comic book anime who really helped us make some big anime games this year. I am so sorry that we did not sit down and do an entire bonus episode of this blue eye samurai netflix's blue eye samurai which for me honestly is my number one tv show of the year uh this is the best thing that i watched this year completely unexpected just came out of like you know the netflix void of stuff it's like you hear netflix is making this samurai you know anime kind of american you know western but a mix of amber amber nizumi and michael green this couple and like you're like okay sure i don't watch trailers anymore there's too much to keep up with i don't want to be spoiled i just need the content to speak for itself when i start watching it i click this one on and by the time you hear the word peaches at the end of the first episode you're you're in and this show is a demonstration of something we all seriously need to take away from 2023, which is none of this franchise crap ultimately matters. You cannot bank on a franchise name. You cannot just bank on the already established love of a franchise. You have to be able to tell a story. Blue Eye Samurai does zero things new. It does not reinvent the wheel. You've seen these samurai kind of epics. You've seen these Ronin revenge tale. You've seen these kind of stories about unexpected protagonists and stuff. It's all stuff we've seen before. But these showrunners and the directors put it into a format where each episode is a banger of this. 
And from the moment episode three hits, when it's a battle down a mountaintop between a Ronin and a samurai, but about so much more as they're going through the steps of the battle, this show had the best writing of any episodes I've seen all year and just like the best just structuring in its storytelling. Each character matters. Each arc matters. There's not one person in there who's a comedic aside or a goofball that doesn't come together in some way by the end. And it expanded for a season two that I very much want them to turn out and get here with. It was violent. It, it was completely adult. And it was deep in like its characterization. And I think episode five, which is this battle across a um, basically a a brothel between the hero and a bunch of ninjas and the story about her life and kind of what turned her into a kind of hardcore killing Ronin is one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. And so I am so mad that we did not sit down and do more with this show because we did highlight it, but it came out in this flurry of stuff. It was like a big anime push. You know, Onimusha came out, this came out, Godzilla minus one, Squid Game came back. So there was like this big kind of push and this got lost in our mix, but this was our big miss, my favorite TV show of the year. And I didn't even talk about it on this podcast. I don't know what life's about, but I'm trying to get it straight in 2024. All right. The other big thing that completely, I feel like, flew under the radar, and I get why we didn't do it. It's not really our geek culture, you know, mainstay, but believe it or not, I am part of, like, critics groups and stuff. I do the prestige stuff when I'm not doing this podcast. And um, Taylor Sheridan's been really cooking this year. And it came down to two of his shows, basically, as my second pick. It was this or Lawman Bass Reeves, which is, and they're both currently on Paramount Plus. And I just finished Bass Reeves, which is excellent. Like, you got to check that out. But uh, Spec Ops Lioness. And uh, this had Nicole Kidman, Morgan Freeman, Zoe Saldana in the main role. And in, in the main role. And this, you know, again, did not reinvent the wheel, but like, was a story about a kind of female-led special ops group that specializes in sending female operatives undercover into terrorist organizations through the female side of, you know, those organizations and, you know, potentially turning people within the organization to kind of get them and, and locate targets of interest, but then eliminate them. And so the show's about how do you get the target but also protect your operative? And it's this kind of count and mass game centered around this one new recruit who is this lady who comes from a very rough background and a list in Marines and is tougher than like anybody in a kind of psycho psychological game of getting to this terrorist target. And it was phenomenal. Taylor Sheridan at his best since, I mean, this is the kind of, if you like his Yellowstone stuff, but you remember this dude really made his bones making movie, like a movie like Sicario. This is like the most Sicario thing he's done since Sicario. And it was phenomenal. And, I love that we all love Zoe Saldana and her blue avatar makeup and green Gamora makeup. But this right here, like, is why this lady is like a top notch actress and deserves to get those roles and stuff. And yeah, the whole cast was great. The whole show was great. There's some crazy twists in it. And uh, yeah, good stuff. So I would love to see them kind of continue this in different installments. So those are my. Two biggest misses of things I wish we had done on this podcast more this year. Matt, what about you? Where did you land in all this? Um, so mine, uh, you know, we've talked about on the show before, um, but uh, I wanted to, you mentioned before how it's uh, it's very easy for 
just the sheer amount of content that hit this year uh, for things to kind of, you know, they kind of pop up one week and then there's nine other things to talk about. So we just kind of move, move forward. Uh, Nimona, I, you know, I was so happy, or I think it was earlier this year. I can't remember which one. It might've been like summer movie or summer picks. It was summer, like summer things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ex- that, excellent episode. Highly downloaded. Go listen to it. Cause it's that Janelle picked Nimona and I was yeah. so excited. I was so happy because like, this was in you know development hell uh, for <laughs> for a while, uh, and the you know the original book. A friend of mine got me uh, onto the actual like she lent me uh, the graphic you know novel and was just like you need to read this. And then, so then I, I read this like oh my god this is amazing. And then it was just like following along of like uh, the studio's passing and like now it's not being made but now it is and it's just the kind of what if scenario of everything, you know, and you're kind of like, this could be Duke Nukem forever. And no, it wasn't, it was awesome. And it's just, man, talk about like a perfect fit, like animation and aesthetic wise, you know, yeah, they made some, some changes here and there, but they were all, you know, positive. I mean, it was just like the changes didn't affect everything and, and it came together so well. And this is just so it like walks that line perfectly because like, you know, Ember was like watching me, like came into the office when I was like watching it was like, Oh, what's that? Like it piqued her interest. And while there's some darker parts, you know what I mean? Where like, she doesn't get the subtext. She was still like, Oh, that's like really pretty. And like, Oh, that's awesome. She turned into a, you know, an animal or this and that. And then also the underlying themes for, you know, the kind of older crowd of like all the, all the actual kind of real depth there between all the characters and their motivations and Nimona, especially like there's just so much there. And it, it's just one of those rare things that I think can appeal to any audience almost. And if they just give it a chance and yes, it's tied to IP, but it's tied to a more niche IP. And so I just, I was so happy that it came together so well that it even became a reality in the first place. And it's just one of those things that like, I want to recommend to the rooftops. Cause you know, I don't know. I, maybe one day we get something else, you know, set in that world or, or more. Cause man, I would, I would love to see it. Uh, and the other is one piece because I did not see that coming. I, I tried the anime. We talked about it before and we have an excellent spoiler uh, podcast episode that we also did uh, for the season. But um, you know, I tried it and it just didn't, click with me it didn't hook me and you know sometimes in this kind of overall discussion of what what should we do with live action remakes should they even be a thing why are we remaking something that was in its original form great to so many you know we talk about with disney all the time uh but but it's across the board whether that's in video games and movies and i look at this and go this is why (laughs) this is a perfect example of why because that original thing speaks to one audience, but there's another audience that maybe never clicked with that thing. And maybe you can do some, keep the core parts of what made that special, but also modernize some things, change some things and open that whole franchise up to a new audience. And that's what this did. I, I was glued. I, this, this show is so weird and fun and I love all the characters and it's the fighting, like the battle scenes are just fantastic and so stylish and funny i just i gravitated to all these characters and it was just kind of opened my eyes to like man i should give that another shot maybe forward you know go forward a little bit jump ahead uh but i was so ecstatic that we're getting more too so i just 
you know, it's one of those things like you can see, I always wrote off one piece of something like I'm just not going to be into, like I tried, it just didn't hook me. Okay. And I move on. And now this has me seeing that franchise in a whole new light. So I got to give it credit. Uh, they knocked it out of the park for me and I am, I'm in, I, I'm in. So uh, lots of, lots of good things this year. That's me. All right. And shout out to Chris Chipperson in the comments. Yeah. Reservation dogs has been excellent on Hulu. Everybody should be checking that out. But again, that's like one of those that's like a show I enjoy, but like it, it doesn't necessarily fall in the wheelhouse of what we're doing over here. But a uh, great one to highlight as well. Please do let us know, guys. Please go on Twitter to the Comic Book Nation account. Comment under this YouTube video. Let us know what your top picks are for the year and what are the biggest things you wish we had discussed more on this show because it's not just fun dialogue with you guys it's also feedback for us so we know kind of where we can go so we could go to jim viscardi and be like hey you see this we should be doing more blue-eyed samurai talk on this show so you know it's all good ammunition for us otherwise i want to say thank you again to my co-hosts to everybody who produces this show, cuts it up for socials, edits our videos, makes our graphics. It's a whole team of people who probably don't want me shouting out all their information, but like are really dedicated in and help us make this show what it is. Uh, Freerian, I will watch the show Freerian, Damon Streams. I take recs from all our fans because you guys know so much. So, I, I mean, you guys keep me keep me going with what i need to be doing here so i will watch that uh guys janelle matt connor thank you guys again for the even harder work you guys did all year jumping on when we needed you helping me crank out all these bonus episodes and all the just monumental moments of kind of content highlights all the news craziness that we had to get through and everything else in between that we did to pull this show off and just to get to 400 episodes, which is insane. We've done four over now, now over 400, but to get there in over five years and be kind of comic books, longest surviving program, like no matter what happens from here on out. And that's not ominous. We got big plans for season six. Don't, 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 don't sleep on that. But uh, yeah, it's already an achievement for the book. So thank you everybody again. I hope, hope everybody has a happy new year, a safe new year. And, you know, January and February are always crazy. If you guys need anything, please come here, join us, hang out, get through those depressing months with us as we just going to be doing a lot of stuff to have a lot of fun and to uh, celebrate all the content we do get in 2024. That's my spiel. Uh, you guys, you guys have any last words for anybody, everybody? Just thank you so much. We appreciate you guys and we love what we do. So thank you for allowing us to do it. And Crow, a final commenter, Crow0731. That is the best comment to end on this year. Cause this is what like, this is what we say when people ask us like, what do we hope for our show that mixes in all these different topics of geek culture? Cause everybody says, nobody wants that. Everybody wants podcasts about one thing. And we're like, hell no, that's wrong. And a comment like Crow0731, y'all break me out of the comfort zone to watch new things. I appreciate all of you. No, we appreciate you. That's the exact kind of effect we want to have. This is Comic Book Nation. We do it all for geek culture. And we will see you guys in 2024 with our most anticipated 2024 show coming at you on New Year's Day. See you then. This is...